Hey, this is Ross Bain with Roleplaying Bubble Radio. This is RPPR episode 162, 2018 Year in Review. We're Woo! doing a year in review this time because uh, it's been a hell of a year to it review. Has. Hell of a year. Yeah, it has been approximately 5,000 years. Uh, it is the longest year uh, in all of years. <laughs> a lot to All the things. <laughs> all the things. Dear God, all the things. Uh, it is a new era. Uh, everything happens so much. Uh, it's so... But yeah, we're talking solely. We're going to be focusing solely on the RPPR side of things. That's probably for the best. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> for the best. You yeah. don't want to hear about the rest. Uh, and there's going to be an extra long episode because we're also not going to get some of our local peeps here. We're also going to get some online peeps. Uh, uh, Bridget, Faye, uh, Noah, Burke, Brawa, uh, Burke, all those good people. We have a lot of peeps. You, we, we do. Uh, we have so many peeps. <laughs> We've got enough peeps to make a new Easter. Hey-o. Uh, so first off, I do want to talk a little bit, though. I have been working on RPPR, the, the Patreon and the podcast figuring out you know how a new vision for rppr tell uh, us about it it's not actually a real new vision i'm just trying to revamp things move things a little around make it a little better for everybody uh leveling it up upgrading it. i don't know what you want to call it uh first off um rppr actual play is going to go to a weekly uh posting cycle right now <laughs> and for its entire thing has been this weird six episodes a month on five one every five days on average which sometimes i'm a little f- late on that and so now i'm gonna try and make it a weekly regular thing post at the same time i'm thinking thursday mornings uh my time you're you're not saying you're frazzled are you uh no it's actually because of rppr tabletop tales adam scott glancy uh sent me 13 episodes of a hollow earth expedition campaign that he ran which is awesome it is it is uh and I just scheduled them all at once. So like, I don't have to touch that until like March. I don't have to like, you're going to be getting Scott Glancy's lectures on history and shooting uh, dinosaurs and all kinds of fun stuff. You will learn until March uh, basically. And And you will qualify for your master's (laughs) in history by then. Well, it's only an undergraduate. I mean, you're going to have to uh, listen. You also have to get the, uh, Cthulhu games too to get the the full. oh yes yeah, I stand yeah. correct yeah yeah <laughs> to get the PhD yeah yeah well uh, we're we're working on the PhD so um I want to do that with RPPR actual play however we're still going to be posting six episodes a month but the other two are going to be early access on the RPPR Patreon um and so we're yeah and we're changing that in a little bit so there will still be six episodes released a month. Uh, plus tabletop tales of actual play content for you, but two of them are going to be early access. So, um, but yeah, this, I think a lot of listeners were giving me feedback that they, they get they're they're, they're so far behind uh, that they weren't able to listen to new ones because they're still months behind. So I figured uh, slowing things down a little bit uh, for you, uh, for most fans is not going to be a problem. And again, if you're, uh, a hardcore aficionado. There's still tons of content uh, to listen to. I mean, yeah. if I don't, you have already listened to everything yeah. that RPPR has put out, don't worry, there will be more. <laughs> um, so, yeah, speaking of the Patreon, uh, most of these changes are coming to the Patreon. So, um, we are doing, we're moving early access episodes to a, instead of being one day early, you get them a week ahead of time. Uh, and then the there's an early access campaign. Uh, which will be posted. We're not even going to post it until after we post uh, a few other campaigns first. So the so, only way to hear this campaign is yeah. to back the Patreon or wait a year. Um, some months. Uh, it's kind of like, <laughs> basically we have two campaigns that we're going to post the actual play. Our first one is called is rain, uh, Naga galaxy two, which Caleb has been running. That's going to start going in January and it's going to be about eight oh, episodes yes. or so, depending on when, where we wrap things up. So, uh, two episodes a month. That's four months, and then after that, we have Unknown Armies, the treasure hunt. Uh, oh yes, and that that's good. About six or seven episodes. Uh, so after that, uh, we'll put the early access campaign, which is Scum and Villainy, <laughs> uh, the Oddballs, uh, which has been really good, and that may go in RPPR actual play. That may go in RPPR table t- tabletop tales. I'll just see what what needs to be filled, uh, product you know, schedule it wise. So it will go up to one of the podcasts. Oh, uh, the unknown armies. I heard you've got some really good players in that. One. <laughs> yes, I mean, you've we got, do. We got. We you've got, got a trio. Greg, you've yeah. got Caleb, and then you've also got. Um, oh, there's me, of course. <laughs> but then you've got Bill Hot Sundwall. Yep. And uh, they're all at their. Greg is at his Greggiest. Bill is at his Billiest. <laughs> and uh, Caleb is amazing. 
when he's there. When he's there. He, he's only there for a little bit of the campaign. But you uh, three have been uh, great. It's a really fun campaign. Um, and uh, yeah, and also we're, we're going to be adding... Uh, I have actually been working on my own role-playing game, a uh, horror architectural horror art game I've talked about on this podcast uh, quite a few times called Ruin. And I'm going to record and post one actual play uh, play test of it every month at the $10 level uh, and above. So... Well, that is ten dollars well spent. <laughs> yeah, so it's a new reward for all you ten dollars backers. Um, so you can uh, give feedback on it. I'll probably be posting playtest notes uh, and things of that nature. Um, so, and we're going to be recording a lot more games of it too. I may even be running some on our Discord server. Uh, Get out. And speaking of our Discord server, we're adding a new feature to it pretty soon. Um, a streaming uh, streaming music. You can actually set up this bot. The, there's several different bots um, that will actually stream music through one of the voice channels. And so we're going to do that. So we're And then me, Burke, uh, and some other people are going to curate playlists of Vaporwave and other uh, weird music beats. So. so how many covers of Toto's Africa can we put <laughs> into one playlist? Um I mean, prob- we can put all of them in there, but we're just going to post the Vaporwave ones. So, uh. <laughs> But Ross, if you don't post that, then how are we going to know, um, how are we going to know which Africa version is the best? Well, I mean, we'll let the listeners decide, but uh, it's, it's going to be focused on Vaporwave and other weird music you may not have heard of. Uh, so... So really, this podcast, uh, this new music review podcast, is uh, going to be one. Its its purpose is to educate people because I know so many people out there are like, I'm too busy to listen to new music or to find new music. So I kind of want to help everybody uh, with that. And two, it's also for people whose one of the most seminal, influential albums in their life was the Silent Hill Two soundtrack. Uh, yeah, and so that is truth, ambient. truth, yeah. And that's me. Like it, it's it, and that and vaporwave and dark ambient that. That's that Venn diagram of Silent Hill too, because there's some vapor wavy tracks on there, and there's some there's some dark ambient tracks on that. So, uh, and, and if you're looking for just good background noise, it's mm-hmm. good to find just the right things, especially if you can find a good instrumental track. Like, uh, yeah, no, a lot of vapor wave is instrument. Also, we're going to be talking about lo-fi hip hop too, which is not quite as dark as that usually, but like uh, there's there's some overlap. So it's lo-fi hip hop, vapor wave, and dark ambient. So um, and other weird stuff. So, uh, having given a title, it's probably going to be 24-7 beats to uh, have existential dread to. I don't know. Uh, something like that. Uh, but we'll be starting that sometime in the next year uh, is the plan. Um, so, yeah. Early access. One week early. Early access campaign. Um, uh, ruin playtests for $10 backers. Uh, and ruin campaign notes and stuff like that. Uh and uh, streaming audio. I think we got everything. So, yeah, we got uh, just to give you a little preview of what we're working on or what we have in the can already. Uh, Caleb has run is running a campaign of rain uh, called Nagalisi 2, which is based on his campaign book that he is writing for rain. Second edition. Plug. Uh, nice. <laughs> well, the Kickstarter is already completed. He, he is getting paid for it. And um, it's got an unusual premise to the campaign. Uh, Sean, you have a, do you want to explain the basic premise of Megalaxy 2? Uh, the quick version? Uh, yeah, the quick. Poorly explained. Uh, is going to be that, essentially, you know, in this case, it, we were a mercenary group who uh, stumbled upon a portal to another world that yeah. was previously run by dark wizards who were doing all kinds of really, really messed up things with magic. And uh, we came by just as they were liberating themselves. Yeah. So we got wrapped up into the it. slaves were. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, they, they were doing. We we showed up right, oh, yeah, right the, as the whole the overthrow happened, and uh, we got embroiled in their politics and are essentially not much was spoiled to say. We made decisions that are probably going to burn <laughs> us in the outside world. To uh, sort <laughs> we of, definitely have already done that. Uh, things happened. Yeah, yeah. So also the uh, the difference in the way that time passes inside and outside, mm-hmm. right? Is is a plot point. So we we are basically role playing as the tech tree of a civilization game, right? So we show up, yeah, we show up, and we like introduce more elements into this. Disappear for a couple hundred years, come back. Yeah, for us, it's been a, a very trying a few months so far. Yeah, and it's been like what a thousand some odd years over there, something like that. Yeah, so it's been rapidly advancing. Some obscene and number. Our 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 meager footprints are making waves. Yeah. <laughs> 
So Caleb is testing new. So you are not right? following the Prime Directive. Nope. No. I mean, we're basically medieval mercenaries, so we don't like that. Would be an alien concept. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, we're I've commissioned original art for that uh, from Patsy McDowell, who does RPPR Illustrated. Uh, he's doing a Love. bang up job of it so far, and uh, so that's going to be starting in January. And uh, look, you should look forward to that. Um, and then after that, we're going to be doing Unknown Armies, The Treasure Hunt. Uh, the Treasure Hunt. And David, you want to explain quickly what the premise of that campaign is? Well, uh, the long story short of it is that we found a we found evidence of a ancient pirate treasure that is hidden somewhere. And as we get all of the elements that we need to find it, um, basically the map, the thing that we use to find which map is the proper map the divining rod yeah. the divining rod yeah um i'm trying not to give too many spoilers <laughs> um we basically get to screw up a lot of things by using magic mistakes it's were unknown made. armies yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um some of the things that uh come out of it are just really beautiful moments like um i'm playing a vestimancer which i know big surprise <laughs> Uh, Greg is playing a dipsomancer and um, between Greg getting drunk and using his powers between me putting on a new outfit and using my powers <clears throat> and between Bill using his powers of podcasting magic. <laughs> yep. It, it's called phonomancy. It's recording. Phonomancy, yeah. So yeah, um, we've managed to do a lot of really weird things, but I especially love the fact that we've managed to throw Ross off because he's like, wait a minute, you can do that. <laughs> oh, okay. That's wow. You guys got Intel. Um, good yep. luck with that. Yep. It's, it's, it's been fun. Uh, and so we put, we'll be posting that after, uh, rain and I got see too. And then of course our third campaign, the one that you'll be getting as early access if you're a patron, uh, is scum and villainy, the oddballs. Uh, Tom, do you want to explain <laughs> a little bit about that? Uh, we are completely legitimate, uh, space, <laughs> you know, space, uh, goers in our own ship mm -hmm. going about the doing, answer. Okay. Uh, doing Tom totally not illegal things. We're transport specialists, Tom. <laughs> yes, we are, we are. We are transport. We specialize in the transport of goods and services. Yep. And so what you're telling me is that you are not, in fact, scum, and you're not doing any villainy whatsoever. No, we didn't do anything. That was all laser chainsaw. <laughs> all laser chainsaw. Oh, it's yeah. all, all, on, all on laser chainsaw. Uh, and and I, I, by the way, and I'm totally playing, a, I totally play a character outside my, uh, say, my comfort zone. All right, no one's going to believe that. I know. Like, <laughs> hey, I thought I should try something different, and you know, so I thought I'd go with a big soldier alien. Um, so, so, hey. With you know, scales? <laughs> yes. How did you know? I, I need to try harder on my... Uh, Break my mold. Yeah, but what's his name? <laughs> Six pack. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, he has a name, but uh, okay, it's not. Okay, it's not quite a spoiler, but uh, we all got to like we all have nicknames, but we didn't get to choose our own nicknames. <laughs> yeah. the group did. I think yeah. it's wonderful, and yeah. I think that was wonderful. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, so that that that's been a lot of fun. Uh, the scum and villain mechanics have been really cool, and so it's something else to look forward to. So yeah, that'll show up on RPP Actual Play or Tabletop Tales, depending on what what needs what needs a what what hole in the production cycle schedule production schedule uh, needs to be filled first. So um, we've got a lot of cool stuff. We also have a lot of one shots. Uh, I've already recorded my round of my Delta Green Shotgun scenario contest. Don't don't spoil the title or anything. <clears throat> uh, but that'll be coming out in January after the voting has ended. And uh, I still think that one played extremely. Extremely well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You guys. Had, yeah. It, 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 was was a it was a surprising twist. Yeah. <laughs> Very um, surprising. Never so, saw that one coming. Uh, and we have other, uh, a lot of other cool. And uh, Bridget has a Delta Green uh, scenario that she's run online that she's going to be uh, posting some, or that I'll be posting the, our game of it. Uh, after she posts her write up of it, so yeah, that, there's there's a lot of uh, and we have not we're also going to be running Wrath and Glory Eclipse Face Second Edition now that 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 at least the rules are out. Uh, we also have done a game of Forbidden Lands, which will probably be coming out this month actually because I liked it. Um, and so yeah, we have a lot of cool stuff coming out and, mm -hmm. and more I podcast do have plans for at least one more round of Goblin. Uh, yeah, yeah, we need to do another one of that. Um, we also um. You you're currently running uh, more red markets for tabletop tales. Um, Grim Fandango is already four episodes in. Um, my players are loving and hating it at the same time, which means that <laughs> you're I'm doing succeeded. something right. And um, <clears throat> when I touch the dice, bad things happen. 
either to me or to the players. So I know I'm definitely doing my job. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, uh, it's always been fun. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's to give you some idea of what we're doing with RPPR. Uh, we're just trying to make it better, uh, revamp the schedule a little bit. Uh, so yeah. And we're just, yeah, posting a lot of cool stuff. So, uh, thanks for listening. But, uh, anyways, we should actually get to the topic of the episode 2018 year in review. Uh, so yeah, 2018 has been a year, uh, and it has has a lot of stuff. Uh, we've this, this overall, I would say RPPR, this has been the year of like sci-fi for us, uh, more than anything else. Hell yeah. Um, we've done, uh, of course, Ash and stars, uh, base Raiders is very sci-fi. I mean, it's not, it's the superhero genre, but there's a lot of sci-fi elements in it. There is. Um, and but not, I mean that's not the only thing we did do some indie games. Uh, we did like for example, damn the man, damn the man, save the music. Uh, I missed being mm-hmm. in that one. I'm sorry. About that, that was a it, fun one. It was wonderful. Double hot Faco. Uh, Rememorex, I believe you guys did. Yeah, we did a game of Rememorex. Yep. Uh, we did another game of Blue Planet. Uh, Natural. We also tried out Call of Cthulhu Seventh Edition, and that's probably I guess we were I want to start because that's sort of the biggest game system we tried out this year in terms of like eh, it's out there um so would you all what have you all thought of uh, call of cthulhu 7th edition well i think that it plays a little bit better than the previous mm-hmm. um i love that it gives options other than success fail if you have a high enough number in a skill you can get some basic information like if you've got a 45 percent in accounting without actually rolling the accounting you can still get some information but then you roll Mm-hmm. to get more. And I think that that's a nice mechanic. I think that it changes it from the pass fail to, we need somebody to succeed this role to get the important clue. You all failed. Oh, well just go in blind. Nothing bad will happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Sean, there's a bit more control, which is always great. Uh, the one scenario was, I was in, I'll just say, <laughs> I apparently I joined a club. Uh, what was the name of that scenario? Again? I know that's a Hollywood one. Uh, what was the name for it? Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. We, Oh, <clears throat> I mean, I, I'm looking at a list of them right now, so I'll find it in a yeah. second. But no, I, I joined the I Died Twice in a Game in a game Club, so. <laughs> that that's oh, that is a thing. Oh, dear, is the space between, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that was it was really good. I, yeah. I loved it. But. Um, Tom, your thoughts on Seven Dead? <laughs> the French Revolution one? Yeah, that one, it, uh, sorry, but I was thinking of the other Tom one we did. The, uh, the Space Between the Hollywood? Yes, I, no, I, yeah, but I remember that one, and uh, yes, I... Involved my favorite, one of my favorite things in Lovecraft. Uh, yeah. And that was, that one I loved. And uh, I'll just say, boy, Aaron just dove head first. Okay. So any thoughts on the system difference between six? Though? Um, It's obviously just greatly much more reminds me of the new Delta green. It's a little different though. A little uh, different, but yeah. it's definitely, I think it's, I think it is an improvement. Okay. Over Overall, sixth edition, yeah. Over sixth edition. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to take me some time to get used to it because sure. I've used sixth edition for so long. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I've been running so much more Delta Green than seventh edition Call of Cthulhu. <clears> I don't know if I'll, I'll, I mean, if I get more publishing errors, I'll definitely, that are already written in seventh ed, I'll, I'll stick with that rather than translate it a little bit. But um, I don't know. Um, that's something I'm still uncertain about. But um, yeah, other games we ran, we read uh, one shot of Threadbare. Uh, which was fun. Which yes. Uh, we also did Tales from the Loop. Uh, that was our other sci-fi oh, that campaign. Was great. Um, yeah. So um, yeah. What, what, any any particular memory, Sean? Uh, well, there's the obvious tormenting Tom with uh, Africa. <laughs> Toto's Africa. Yep. <laughs> which yeah. was weird. You know, I, I I had to role play that because in actual I love that song. But <laughs> the character I was playing is like it's like shut up. It's not true. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Watching Aaron try to make friends with evil robots was uh, funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they're robots, so that means that they're inherently good in Aaron's eyes. Always. Uh, the, at least va- the one that talks to him and is not... A vacuum cleaner tried to kill me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. You obviously did something to trigger that vacuum cleaner, Sean. You <sighs> just did want to kill... I mean, yeah. take over all humans. I so. try, I, and <clears throat> destroy. Destroy? Destroy. Oh, crap. <laughs> But no, no, it was it was kind of fun, sort of playing a different dynamic with with, with a lot of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, again, playing slightly younger younger characters was interesting, and yeah, all the horrible angst that goes with that. Yeah. Um, in fact, in it was in Boulder, yeah. it was in Boulder City, and mm-hmm. I've actually been there, so I kind of knew what the hell places were. I mean, it's an alternate Boulder City, but true. But I've been, in, I know the area of Lake Mead, and okay. Uh, so yeah, I guess, I, I guess we can just go around and like what you guys just biggest impressions from 2018 year in gaming, at least tabletop gaming. Uh, so David, 
um, I've gotten a chance to play with a lot of great people this year. Um, one of the things that, if you don't mind me blatantly plugging for another group, um, I got to join in on the 10K Lakes campaign. Of Red oh, Markets. no, please go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And um, they handed me a pre-gen character at Gen Con and asked if I would be willing to be a member of a sub-faction in the game, which I had never done before. And so I think that it led to comedy gold because they handed me long shot and they said, would you be willing to be a member of the Canadian terrorist organization? I went, oh, cheese and crackers. This is going to be so much fun. Oh, hockey sticks. What can I do here? And so (laughs) I, I apologized before I started the session for the accent I was going to inflict. And I was informed afterwards that that is the most Canadian thing I could have possibly done. (laughs) And, um, Longshot has showed up a couple of times within 10K Lakes. And so far, um, my phenomenal luck has run its course as usual. But um, the episodes with Longshot are a hell of a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And I've been listening to a lot of the old 10K Lakes and the episodes that I wasn't in. Mm -hmm. And it's another source of red markets because I got to have my fix. I got to get my feel good juice. (laughs) You're hooked. And... um, also, speaking of red markets from 2018, mm-hmm. um, the Grapevine campaign was one of the finest campaigns I've ever had a chance to play in, and we did wrap it this year. So I'm going to keep plugging that every chance I get. <laughs> Listen no. to Grapevine if you haven't it's on listened RPP. already. Yeah, it's, it's on mm-hmm. RPPR Tabletop Tales. Give it a shot. I, yeah. I, I think more, one of the funny things about that group is they went to Grapevine blind thinking, oh, we can be still we can be heroic D&D kind of characters, and it did not end well. That's kinda, those are usually either the best or the worst campaigns. There's no yeah. middle ground with those kind of groups. Right. So I was the one veteran, and I'm like, we're not doing this. We're doing that. Yeah. No, we're, we're stealing everything. I mean, Why that's drama, we, though. Like, yeah. That's so conflict. Yeah. We were doing that, and yes. now that we're doing the second campaign of Grim Fandango, this entire group is trying to be the seasoned veterans, and I just step back and go, cool, I'm going to be a goofy fucker. <laughs> <laughs> you get to make all the decisions. Yeah. I like that. It's uh, been great. Yeah. I mean, it, it is kind of a sink or swim, swim thing when you have players who like have to totally shift their conceptions of what a game should be like. I yeah. Mean, when, when somebody uh, shouts run, and their instinct is to run towards the danger, and I'm like stupid no no <laughs> uh that is fun it so. was great well and yeah. just a case in point too um i found out when i was playing in the one session i'm not gonna name drop it yet but um i found out that i was the only player in the group that had ever run into vectors before and i was the only one who knew the proper strategy to deal with them yeah. which is called shot head if you don't hit it in the head in the first shot, run. Put as much gone between you and it as you can. Actually, mag dumping a weapon, if you have full auto on it, can also it, work, al- too. Also, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's either <laughs> destroy the head or destroy the rest of it. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. one yeah. or the other. In a pinch, blow the, blow the legs off. Well, that's if, you, if you're making a call shot, you might as well go for the head. Like, yeah. every if time. you're I'm call if you, shotting I'm and you say if, anything other than I'm going to shoot the face, I'm going yeah. to shoot the head, yeah. you're doing well, it wrong. Well, if you're buzz sawing it with a machine gun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's just... Going for damage. That's the full auto route. But, um, but it was kind of great seeing a group kind of slowly learn the hard way how shit goes down. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yes. so yeah, Tom, what? 2018, any highlights uh, for you? I got to say, I think, I was thinking back, I think my favorite character was Kurzik. Yeah. From uh, Base Raiders Gate 9. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we definitely need to talk nine. about it. Gate 9. Just the, uh, honestly, I, I know it, the first time it happened, it was annoying, but by the third, I, I got I, the joke was great. Like, come on, like, so you have to say it. Like, say it. Come on, say uh, it. Say it. Battle Toad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. It's like, like, why are you painting me? Is this even a thing? Listen, yeah. <laughs> I must draw you. <laughs> you're a bio buddy, and you can only say Battle Toad. <laughs> like, 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 this would never work. As, this would never work as a product. <laughs> Narrator, but it totally did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I guess we should talk about Gate Nine. Um, Gate Nine. It's it's I love it. It's it's a hot mess at times. It the plot it it kind of makes sense. It had I think I mean it's kind of for me the other superhero campaign I ran, which was the uh, inspiration for Base Raiders, uh, the Heroes of New Arcadia. Uh, I love that campaign, but that campaign fell apart towards the end because uh, I didn't know where I was wanting to go with that, and so I designed <laughs> Gate. My own only goal with ba- uh, Gate Nine was to have a good ending, and I think I did do. Yeah, that. I think oh, no, you no. did. Uh, I was kind of funny that like. 
season one, we were all kind of trying to push in different directions. Yeah. And then season two, we all kind of, well, those of us that were like still consistent, were definitely all on the same page. Yeah. And that was really kind of funny. Yeah. And I got to ride Metal Falcor. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah. Awesome. No, we, did, we all got to ride Metal yeah, Falcor. Yeah, it got extremely weird. Um, I mean, it, I guess it would start weird. I mean, it's it's Base yeah. Raiders, so. Uh, and my God, in Hawaii, we we actually didn't kill anyone. Yeah, that nobody died. That we weren't supposed to. Yeah. Uh, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a sad In fact, I think at the end of that that session, we're like, oh my God. That is a I don't s- think anyone died. That is a sad accomplishment. <laughs> um, well, and I do have to We were high fiving. Yeah. 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 Uh, I was gonna also say, um, if I can jump back a little you you yeah. touched on Threadbare very briefly. Yeah. That game needs a lot more love. That was an amazing, amazing run. It's it's a fun game. I really like the fact that it 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 de-emphasizes fighting as a way to resolve conflicts. Like the way you do things in in uh, Threadbare is you you scavenge for parts and you make your body into new tools or new upgrades to solve problems. And that's that. Like you don't even like it's not even a fighting move. It's just a have a conflict with another uh, toy move which can be a dance-off or it could be uh yes we literally had a dance-off in yeah. that and i was a log yeah and still managed to win the dance-off yeah there's there's it's a really interesting uh powered by the apocalypse game and i really do want to go back to it um at some point we do need to have a discussion about powered by the apocalypse moves because i've seen some online discussions talking about which are the best and which are the worst powered by the apocalypse games we need at some point we need to talk about bad powered by the apocalypse games we haven't really played any but i've heard certain games certain names come up more frequently than others in that discussion so i don't want to name drop anything until i actually test those games out myself yeah. but that, uh, that's yeah. probably the that's safe sort of move. an aside that's more of a 2019 thing so but yeah threadbare is a really cool game and that that was a lot of fun uh so if you didn't listen to that one shot you should definitely uh look it up it's on our site yeah. <laughs> um but yeah I, I yeah i'm just i'm just like gate nine yeah the the plot was messy uh, you may not have followed everything, but it at least it had a, uh, it, it connected with the beginning of the game. It, like it, some it, it it formed a closed loop. Everything, it all it all worked out in the end. And ah, ah. so I'm just happy that I actually had an ending that yeah, yeah. worked for it. So two words: nope dimension <laughs> <laughs> and the nope dimension, uh, which is I feel like it would be very common in superhero settings. Yeah, especially when you get it. Yeah, whenever you get access to multi universal travel, you're, eventually there's going to be a nope dimension because you're just like I ugh, get rid of this, but where uh, this one? Mm. This dimension is pretty shitty already. Let's uh, look. How can we make it worse? Uh, it just seems like a top tier yeah. challenge for some other group. And the way, hey, the, <laughs> yeah. way the way it ended, incurs it can come back. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm not done with base raiders. Um, at some point I do want to make a second edition of the game. I definitely need to make better superhero power creation rules. And, uh, there's a lot of content I want to write for it. I still want to write, uh, law elementals. Uh, Jesus. You know, <laughs> I still want to, I want to write up cool rat. I actually, I have an idea for a base raiders novel. Um, so there's a lot I want to do with base raiders. I'm just trying to get some, I've been sort of trying to get my free freelance work writing done and then get ruined. Because ruin has been the thing. That's going to be my magnum opus. Are you saying you're you're saying you're overextended a little bit? Uh, I would say overextended. Just busy. I mean, it's just. Uh, and now I'm just real re re prioritizing my priorities. Wait a minute. When you say that ruin is going to be your magnum opus, yeah. What do you mean? Does that mean that base raiders was your minimum opus? It was. It was. It, it, I, I mean, it is an opus. <laughs> well, it okay. is. It is an opus. Yeah. If you go by the guild system, you can call it a masterpiece. Yeah. It's the arrival. So yeah, thank you, thank you, Sean, for that backup. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I it's just yeah, um, I need to find a good Creative Commons and OGL superpower system, really, uh, or come up with one on my own. So that that and I first I need to finish Ruins game mechanics and system and everything else for Ruin. Uh, yeah, so that's that's going to be a while, uh, but it, it's it I want to do it. So, um, yeah, any other thoughts on 2018 in terms of mm. games, podcasts? Well, uh, I mean, a big thing was we had like three games in development towards the end of the year. Yeah. There was uh, Ruin, obviously, with yeah. the playtest went great. Uh, we're doing uh, Rain. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, get, I'm still run, running along with Derail. Yeah, we. I definitely want to post some Derail games. Uh, oh, man. Oh, dear yeah. Lord, yes. Derail is I think really we had, Did we record a couple of those for the Grapevine crew, I think? I think we did. It was early versions of the rules, but... Uh, I mean, I've been revising a lot, and I'm ready to do another round of playtests uh, of a game of just being 
utterly and completely spiteful towards subgenre. So, <laughs> what you? No. Oh, I think that we did the one that was totally not a ripoff. The adventure of mm-hmm. uh, and, plug uh, plug. Oh yes, not, plug. Yeah, plug. It's it symbolizes the connection between the player and the main character. Anyhow. Oh yes. <laughs> and um, then there was the one where we oh. did the zombies thing. Oh God, that where you found a uh, general Guam. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I've got a number of scenarios ready to go for that. It's just an issue of yeah. timing. But And I'm working on my own thing, too. Yep. Yeah. Um, we're going to be recording a play test of that after we record this, or mm-hmm. finish recording this. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, yeah, we have a lot of stuff. There's a the lot work. in development. So. Yeah. There yeah. really is. And uh, I think I speak for all of us when I say I'm excited to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, any other, any other thoughts? Uh, so, um, if not, we'll go 2018 on. sucked a little less. Uh, well, I mean, RPPR, it was great. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, it was a we'll, wonderful we'll, year we'll, for we'll us. We'll leave all that other stuff for other podcasts. We had some fantastic one shots, yeah. mini campaigns, campaigns. Um, I do want to mention again, just a huge, huge, huge thank you to all you listeners out there. Thank you for, uh, uh, listening to us, uh, commenting on earth, uh, on the site, uh, tweeting at us, of course, obviously supporting us on Patreon. <laughs> You sustain us. Um, you you do sustain you sustain yes. me in a very <laughs> real way, and uh, yeah. So thank you so much. Uh, so, but anyways, when we come back, we'll have Bridget and the online crew Woo! talking about twenty eighteen. And if I can, oh one yeah, last sure. thing. Um, not only thank you for commenting, uh, thank you for messaging, thank you for telling us any in any way you want. If you see us at a convention, um, consider this my blanket permission to come up and give me a hug. <laughs> I am perfectly fine with that. Please think of us as approachable. Please come up to us and tell us what you love and what you hate. We will take your feedback if you deliver it to us in person or online. We'll yep. take it any way we can get it. Um, yeah, and, th- and next year, Gen Con, we'll actually have t-shirts and pens. So you Ooh. can actually identify us uh, <laughs> like the one I'm wearing right now. As you can all It imagine. is majestic. Thank you. You, <laughs> you should really see the shirt. It is like Ross's plumage. Um, all right. Now we'll go on. That leave it on that note. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> hey, and we're back uh, with our second segment for the RPPR 2018 Year in Review. And uh, with me is uh, Bridget and Burke. Hey. Hello. Uh, Bridge, of course, being our most innovative GM, mm-hmm. uh, award-winning author mm-hmm. and industry-leading game designer. <laughs> yep, and mm-hmm. uh, Burke is uh, he. Burke's a cool guy. There we go. That's right. <laughs> yep, and uh, so yeah, so let's talk about 2018 because. Um, as we we're talking in our pre-chat show, this this is sort of uh, this year was both for both of you sort of getting back into tabletop gaming. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. After a long hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like used to play like Dungeons and Dragons in like, I want to say like middle school, high school, uh, like back in the dark days of third edition, not to date myself. Um, <laughs> but then like Pathfinder came out and I like just remember like hating the hobby forever and quitting. That sounds about right. That yeah, sounds about right. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat. You know, I had a high school group that kind of went from second ed to three five, kind of early two thousands, and then just had to take a break because kind of everyone went their separate ways. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's really common for a lot of uh, gamers. There's always that sort of, oh, my entire life is changing now because I'm leaving high school and uh, be trying to become a functioning adult. Uh, Boy, have- was it changing? <laughs> uh, so. Now it's time, no more time for elf games. And, uh, but now, uh, this year you both had time to sort of dive back into, uh, elf games. So, uh, Burke, what is 2018 in tabletop gaming? What have been some of the highlights for you? Uh, yeah, just sort of playing again, first and foremost. Um, it sort of started with we finally got a group together kind of the last year of, of grad school. It was, it was D&D, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. Good group of people. Um, and, you know, getting involved with the RPPR community and leading into actually playing patron games and then playing with people. Um, so big things were, uh, realizing that I like to transition away from kind of the murder hobo D and D hack and slash approach Mm -hmm. that we used to play. Um, so I've really enjoyed 
um, stretching out into games like, you know, As Blossoms Fall, which is a very story and character driven game. Um, so that was really rewarding mm-hmm. to play in. And just in general, expanding out into other other forms of rules and how to play games and how to think about them and engaging with communities. Yeah. Um, yeah, As Blossom Falls was certainly a highlight for me for 2018. Um, it's a really interesting, uh, really, really cool system uh, and scenario all wrapped up into one. Um, and everybody's really on their A game for role playing. Um, yeah, it's the yeah. best game, or one of the best games I've ever GM'd where like I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I, I yeah. like thinking it's also for me sort of an inspiration for like I really wanted to try and get some of that for ruin i have different goals with ruin than um uh but like i love that being able to sit back and let the players really get into their characters and um have some really dramatic moments um so yeah yeah Uh, i really loved how everybody like cozied up and like became friends with their characters and like in like act two like you almost think that everybody is just like going to resolve their differences and it's going to be fine because the social pressure is not there and then Act Three starts, and it's like, "Oh, I want to burn a man alive." Hey, hey! <laughs> I had to protect my clan. I want to uh, push him off the mountain. Yeah, but I mean, even before that, though, you know, like a person had already been poisoned, so you know, that's going, true. Yeah, it was going bad anyway. And I know I mentioned as Blossoms Fall a lot, partially because I haven't played in many games that have been released mm-hmm. this year. Um, so it's one I know people can go listen to, but it really was the first time in probably 10 or 15 years where I just got to really be creative and just play a character mm-hmm. and not just have to hit things and like optimize for combat and stuff. And it was really refreshing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it was, it's a really the way it's designed that every character is designed to have these sort of interlocking conflicts with that. It. It's very easy to read your character right up and like, you're just given so many prompts to, uh escalate things and like mm-hmm. and there's are and you yeah it's really easy to get into character with it just the way it's uh, the way the game approaches it um so yeah yeah um i would definitely recommend you got if you haven't listened to it already uh definitely check it out and uh if you it's it's a game that can be it's running what two and a half hours altogether is supposed at most yeah. yeah they i think i think luke says um in the thing like something like this is supposed to be like a three hour game like if people start to drag, you want to kind of push them along. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that wasn't the only highlight, at least for me. Um, and certainly Bridget, uh, your uh, uh, Dagashi was certainly another uh, huge highlight for this year. Uh, Cause that was a really uh, fun game. Unironically, Dagashi was life changing. Really? Really? Yeah. Like, I don't even want to say that. Like, um, yeah. Like, there, I, we started a lot of like really important relationships um, when when I started doing the Dagashi campaign, mm-hmm. uh, and then like people have responded to it really really well, um, and then people like uh, like other like like big names in like the industry like listen to Dagashi like for something to do, and then like I caught a bunch of people talking to me at Gen Con, and like Dagashi was supposed to be like really a silly like. Uh, magical girls game where I was like, hey, but what if we made Madoka, but it was like air? And <laughs> it just, oh, it went in so many directions for me. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's interesting. So I, I, I wasn't in Dagashi, but I do think that raises an interesting point of um, like role-playing games as a community and like getting to know people by playing games with them in a way that I don't think you really get from mm-hmm. like D&D and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um so, as a relationship building tool yeah uh no that's certainly a good point um i think uh Dig- i mean bridget really gets the the core of the magical girl genre in a way obviously that you know i didn't when i tried to run it oh, and, thank you uh and that really shows and uh i mean it, it was your talent as a dm that got me to like be able to play an interesting character and still become part of the magical girl setting um without mm-hmm. being an expert in the genre like you know uh <laughs> the other players were all um so <laughs> and, and, when episode one opens up with dario like launching into what was almost a pre-recorded speech about gundam yeah i knew it was gonna be gold yes, yes. that was pretty great 
Um, so yeah, no, I really, I really enjoyed Degashi. Uh, I really enjoyed the world building you had in it. Um, and it, uh, and it, it shows that like, yeah, you can have a really great memorable story, a really memorable game without uh, a lot of crunch. I mean, this isn't to say the crunch is antithetical to a good story, obviously, but like, um, you know, Magical Fury is a very short game. Like it's, it's not, 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 not a very complex, even by Power by the Apocalypse standards. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, in the right hands, um, a GM can do quite a bit of, uh, good work with it. So, um, yeah, Takashi was definitely, um, a highlight for me. Um, and I'm looking forward cause I know you want to do more work in that setting. Um, yeah. Um, I had to change away from magical fury. There's nothing wrong with magical fury, like as a system, mm-hmm. it's just like magical fury is a war of attrition that like you start out losing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a point in episode two when everybody starts using their overdrives where I'm like, wow, I'm not sure the characters are going to survive four episodes and I have four episodes planned. Yeah. We really limped across the finish line. <laughs> that was, that was, uh, yeah, we, 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 we were just barely hanging in there. Uh, and of course that makes the drama even better, but yeah, like a few other mm-hmm. dice rolls the wrong way and it could have been a much shorter game, which not. Have oh been yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's true. Um, I didn't. I didn't want anybody to die. But if that was like something that we had had planned for, like like we might have just ended with a huge body count at the end, of... <laughs> bigger yeah, than initially planned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it is adaptable because I did play in the Gen Con of yeah, you ran mm-hmm. where it was more Q system, and even yes. that was really interesting because they're like you had to make really on the fly choices about what you're going to use your powers for because you only had so many cards. Mm-hmm. And you can easily find yourself depleted by the uh-huh. end. And or that, that was, GM that was really holds on to uh, both jokers for the climactic scene so she can be uh, sure uh, that she can kill all of you. <laughs> that has been known to happen. That has been known to happen. <laughs> Listen, I had okay, I had like a royal flush in spades in my hand, and I had a joker. And so I was like, yeah, I'll give you one card challenges, like going straight into the finale. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like, I knew it was going to end some lives. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, well, that, by the way, that episode is available at the RPVR Patreon. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. So if you haven't listened to it already, I highly recommend it. Um, but. Uh, yeah. Um, of course, also, you were uh, you did really uh, uh, also great work, I think, with uh, your Delta Green scenarios this year. Um, and I was kind of initially when you said you wanted to run Delta Green, I was a little surprised. Um, I had not. Uh, but you really took to um, the the setting and the genre really well that, that like because Delta Green is Cosmic Horror without just name checking Lovecraftian stuff. It's about getting like what it means to be like, oh, <laughs> I don't understand what's going on and everything is horrible. And uh, mm-hmm. so I really appreciated that as well. Um, what was Was there any sort of uh, uh, in your process? Um, what led you to like, uh, well, let's do some Delta green. Um, okay. Well, okay, there are two types of games that um, at least for this last year, like patrons really wanted to see on the mm-hmm. Patreon games. Everybody wanted to play Delta green. Everybody wanted to play red markets. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, well, I like Delta Green. I like horror. Um, and I, it's actually it's actually Shadowrun's fault um, because we played. Uh, what was it? Um, was it the spooky? No, it wasn't the Halloween special. It was after the Christmas. It was trust. OK, trust me. The episode. Trust me. You can you can find mm. that on the RPBR actual play um, where. I tricked Ross into going to a completely nonverbal plan, um, knowing that he couldn't write anything down and he would attempt to write things down. <laughs> and that was so funny to me that I was like, okay, what if I made a Delta Green game that sounded like it was going to be all about Carcosa, but like Carcosa was the red herring? <laughs> yes. The counter Ross. Uh, yeah, that's where I started with that. But then I was like, I don't really want I didn't really want horror to be a joke. I kind of wanted to um like explore like the function of horror, which is to like make you confront things that are not great. And then like, think about like what that means to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was just before I went to Gen Con, but like I was thinking about like, um, 
how to take like lived experiences and then like make them into like an interesting discussion. Cause like my favorite horror movie of all time is in the mouth of madness. Nice. And it's not for the, it's not for like the slimy things or like the metatextual like narrative plot. It's like, it's the idea that narrative control is more important to reality than like quote unquote objective reality. Like if enough people believe something, it is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was like, Oh, well shit, that's where I'm going to go. So I mean, I made a camp for kids in the middle of Idaho, which is in real life, not a great place for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. And just ran with it. And it was, it was kind of cathartic, honestly, playing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And that's that. Uh, yeah. The, I mean, in mouth of man, this is a, uh, excellent Lovecraftian horror film without like name, like getting the ideas about mm-hmm. it without just like throwing in Cthulhu and Yalex of and all that. It's, it's like, yeah. Uh, uh, and that, that, yeah, that is very, yeah, I can see the influence of that movie on the game now. Oh yeah, I can see that. Mm -hmm. Uh So yeah. I was really excited to play that game also because I had piece of art commissioned for it. I I had somebody draw the witch. Mm -hmm. Uh, she looks super cool. Uh, I think that's, I think that's the image attached with the actual play. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. With the deer skull. Big fan. Uh, Mm -hmm. Uh, it was quite fun. Um, it's a, it's, it's a very fun Im- or cool image, I guess. It's not fun per se. I mean, not for the characters at least. Uh, <laughs> hey, everybody made it out alive. Yeah, yeah. But things That's will never true. be the same. Uh, at least the player characters did. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> the the pa- the patrons basically like beta tested that adventure, mm-hmm. uh, and it turned into a body count. Like I don't know, like twenty minutes in or something. Once mm-hmm. someone's like, "Oh, well, yep. there's clearly something going on here," and they just like start like chain executing staff members. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got bloody. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. Um, so. In terms of other games um, that you've played or run this year, uh, were there any other, uh, including ones that you weren't necessarily recording uh, that, are, that have been on the podcast? Were there any other highlights that you want to talk about? Um, I played an episode. I played a game of The Quiet Year, mm-hmm. um, which is I don't think it's a part of the Belonging Outside Belonging system, or it might be. I don't remember. It's kind of its own thing. We've done a game yeah. of it on RPPR, uh, and it's really cool. But yeah, how how did yours turn out? Uh, I played a game with two very close people to me, um, and it went down in flames, but like in a good way. Like uh, we started out with uh, so so yeah, uh, quite years a game basically about like exploring like what happens to a community when it's like in an extremely stressful situation, and ours ended up with like. Well, like the 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 conceit of the game is in winter at some point the frost shepherds are going to come and like the game will be over and so the frost shepherds are either like an omen of doom or they are the doom, um and our game ended with uh like when the frost shepherds showed up like everybody was already dead and buried like there was like <laughs> nothing there for the shepherds to find, uh it got real tense um, and so that was like really. It's a really good game because, like, um, I feel like you get to explore, like, issues that are really important to you. But, like, you also get to learn a lot about your friends, too. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you can learn about, like, things that, like, people are scared of, but, like, in a fun, safe game environment way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then also it's just good to look through the mechanics of how communities react and, like, how Mm -hmm. people approach problems uh, as a group. it was really ah. It was a tough game. I like everybody cried at the end. It's a good game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I you can also kind of it's almost I wouldn't call it like a Rorschach text, but it's kind of along that. It, it's a little like you can see what people's priorities are. Like, how would you imagine a utopian community? Like, what would be the most? What's the most important thing that a community should have? What's the scariest thing to a community? Um, you know what I mean? From what I remember, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Like, uh, is education more important than food? You know, is, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I played it. I played it with Faye. Right. Yeah. And so first player goes and she's like, all right, so our community has, um, 
like an abundance of like safety or something like that. And I was like, oh, well, we also have like an abundance of like a physical resource, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, we get down to the resource that like Faye is going to propose. And she just like gets this like smug fucking grin and goes, peace of mind is one of our resources. (laughs) And then I knew it was going to be a fucking ride. Oh boy. That was not, that that would not always be the case, was it? It would turn that into a deficit. As I'm guessing. Oh yeah, wow. the, the only thing we ended up with a surplus of was like metal, and then like we kept adding to deficits. Like those poor people. <laughs> uh, nice, um, Burke. Were there any uh, other games you tried out this year uh, you found particularly memorable? Well, it's funny because I probably played about as many games this year as you two play in a month. So, <laughs> um, like they kind of all just stand out, just as, as sort of exploring. Mm-hmm. what what matters to me in terms of like making characters and interacting with people and telling stories mm-hmm. so i played a bunch of gen con games with bridget mm-hmm. uh red market hey. and legacy um Zyander. uh but i think things that, that uh, people have already talked about nothing nothing as interesting as like quiet year as, as blossoms fall or anything mm-hmm. honestly honestly it's just just playing again has sure. been great yeah, 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 no, uh, 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 no joke. Um, good games are uh, some of the most you get, fun you can have with a bunch of friends, and you're all keeping your clothes on. Hey, yeah, even just the the you know monthly Patreon games can be super fun. Yeah, Wait, we were supposed to keep our clothes on after. Ah, oh, damn it, I <laughs> fucked it up. Uh, I think, yeah. I think it's, I think there's, um, I think like we were talking about like getting back into the hobby and like mm-hmm. one of the things that like this year, like really explained to me is like um, systems that are designed to be crunchy. Like you don't need to play them as though they are just a hack and slash. Cause uh, I feel yes. like when the shadow run games get really good uh, is like just mostly just character moments, like um, where people are trying to figure out what things are going on or like uh, how to do something or how to manage something. Like um, the whole museum art heist is probably my favorite job because like there's very little actual like mechanical challenges going on. It's mostly like, how do we keep the party downstairs from getting out of hand? How do we keep the guards from getting out of hand? Like, how do we get in? How do we get out? It's like all this like planning, but not any of the actual like Mm -hmm. shooting and stuff. Kind of like it's like Mm -hmm. payday in the planning stages and like nothing else. (laughs) Um so that was really interesting, but also like discovering that there are games like specifically for um this like type of role playing like um uh as Blossoms Fall is like nothing but character driv- like dri- driven role playing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The resolution mechanic is I had a deck of cards labeled labeled like essentially one through ten, and if you drew a better number, you won. Like, there's yeah. literally no mechanical there. But also like I feel like there's still a place for that kind of um like hack and slash dungeon crawl because like when you hang out with your friends like you don't necessarily want to uh engage with like really important societal questions of like what should we do about this kind of thing and more like you just want to slap around some orcs for a little while (laughs) yeah absolutely um um yeah no uh, it, it it uh yeah, I mean that's the thing about like uh, uh, the the great thing about role playing is like it's not just that you're fighting like that's the difference between a role playing game and a war game really or a skirmish game is like it's not about like how you fight and how you you overcome tactical challenges it's like why you're fighting and why that matters to you um, mm, why you're yeah. willing to you know put your character's life on the line you know it's like what are the stakes like what why does this matter why does this matter um, as opposed to how can we stop you know x amount of bad guys or whatever and um yeah that's definitely uh you know one thing um we should do at some point is um either i can run scum scum and villainy for you or um like you're talking about planning heists uh that was one of the highlights Mm -hmm. for me this year was learning the blades in the dark system uh forge in the dark um as i played a one shot of blades in the dark run by jeff barber but i also uh have been running scum and villainy which is a sci-fi themed game in using the same system and like it really gets the planning it's all about doing jobs or scores or heists and uh it really streamlines the uh the planning process to where it's in the action and you can uh do sort of schrodinger's uh uh plot your schrodinger's heist planning where like your characters are exactly where the they're everywhere until they can be 
theoretically anywhere until you decide to, okay, they're here. And he planted a, you know, a Claymore mine in this alley where I'm being Mm -hmm. chased. So he steps over that and the bad guy gets blown up instead. Okay. Well spend this resource and that happens because, and so the players don't have to, you know, spend hours in game, uh, planning things out. They just do things and say, Oh yeah, I totally planned it that way. Yeah. Uh, It does that heist movie thing where it was like, you didn't see this earlier in the planning phase because we had to keep it um, hidden from you for drama. mm -hmm. But yeah. We secretly hired someone to sneak in through the window and set up all of these lines for us. Mm-hmm. They would just mm-hmm. be here when we needed them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like that um it's sort of perfect perfect for a game like for a setting like Shadowrun. So I would not be surprised if someone's already working on that because Scum and Villainy, which is, you know, space opera uh crime, so everything from a little bit of Star or Star Wars, a little bit of Dune, a little bit of this and that. Uh, all mixed mm-hmm. together um but you know for space crime uh works really well so um, um that's definitely something we need to do next year but anyways definitely one i really want to play yeah yeah isn't the sprawl via the um uh the sprawl Cyberpunk is powered version. by the apocalypse and that's oh, it's just powered by the apocalypse yeah. i thought it was for the dark but, uh, uh no it's power it's powered by the apocalypse and it's uh cyberpunk um without magic so it's all yeah uh, I, I think there's an add-on that adds magic to the sprawl, uh, but I'm not uh, sure. Um, I had Ash McKellen um, played a couple games with her this last year, um, and that's essentially the game we were playing was like Shadowrun, but uh, with the Forged in the Dark style rules. Um, okay. That was pretty fun. Cool. Um, yeah, that's something uh, I, I I should try out too. Um, but yeah, I guess that's another thing about like 2018. It's like, what are you what are you looking now that you've you know you spent this year playing games? Um, you know, and de- delving into the tabletop uh community, like what games uh do you look forward to playing next year? I guess. Um, is anything coming out, or maybe it's already out? You just haven't had a chance to play it yet. Yeah, so I think um, there's a few on either side of that. Mm-hmm. So in terms of stuff that's out, but is just starting to play, I have um, a couple sort of campaigns in the works. So I'm playing it. I'm not running any of them. Um, two are in kind of established canon, which is Star Trek and Star Wars, um, which is not usually what I'm into, but I think it's a good group and they'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And then Warhammer. So um, moving beyond one shots into playing something more substantive, I'd like to get into like a longer campaign. Play. Oh yeah. That, yeah. No, that, that can be really rewarding. Um, yeah so um especially for something like say red markets because i've always done red markets one shots mm-hmm. and i think one shots sort of cheapen some of the choices you have to make yeah. in red markets because there's no consequences yeah. like you're just sort of in and done i take out a loan and get extra 10 points worth of gear uh 10 pounds yeah yeah and then gear. you never see that character again so it doesn't it doesn't and, matter and then at the end of the uh, job i give all my wealth away to the orphans and then i walk <laughs> out and and l- open my arms to be embraced by the undead <laughs> yeah it's like a financial funnel adventure i, don't know I blow like all the charges in my minigun to destroy this cool robot boss the gm had planned to be the the <laughs> finale scene to this and now we cannot afford to shoot it ever again but it doesn't matter because we won't. <laughs> yeah. yeah pretty much um uh, so yeah there there is that um uh, and uh yeah d- yeah definitely do a campaign next year uh we might um i know bridger and i have talked a little bit about like figuring out how to run so- a sort of campaign through the rppr patreon so um mm-hmm. we'll work on that um that's just still really yeah early planning phases, yeah so. i'm not sure how we're gonna do it but we definitely want to run a campaign like for patrons mm-hmm. like it would be cool to be able to involve maybe not the same people every time but maybe the same characters yeah like on maybe we plot. have six yeah. characters in the same plot and stuff and like your character just contributes to the meta narrative or yeah or some know. sort we're of like shared world that yeah. everyone plays in yeah um the other thing I was thinking of is um, one way we could do that is if the share, yeah, if the setting in the meta plot was the same. So like, what if we ran red markets and all the one shot groups and stuff is like all like um, characters in the same mm-hmm. enclave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause I know there's, there's a massive project between people who all, who run games all in the same enclave. The, the is that the lakes. thousand lakes? 10 K lakes. 10 K lakes. Yeah. yeah um oh. yeah uh so yeah we could definitely do something like that uh yeah that's kind of the living uh rpg campaign which has been done in the past in like D uh and a few other uh 
popular games but yeah we could yeah it's something we we're, we're gonna have to puzzle out um so if you have yeah if you have comments about this uh let us know if there's a particular system you want us to use red markets or uh something else uh yeah we want to enrich the patron games yeah. um experience for all of you so you're gonna be the ones playing this so please give us <laughs> feedback on what yeah. you might like to see i mean we could de- do delta green like a um the idea mm-hmm. being like it's not just it's a task force so it's more than just one cell of three agents so yeah it's a task force of a bunch of agents that are brought in and out to do different operas and but Bridget and I and the other GMs would just plan some sort of meta narrative. So all these missions all connect to each other in yeah, some way. We just don't yeah. know. Um, so that would, yeah, that could be a thing. Um, that sounds actually kind of fun. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, I think, yeah, sorry. Sorry. I was gonna say something would be really cool is maybe do something in like eclipse phase second ed when it comes out is yeah. Uh, definitely colony. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, or yeah, a, a colony on, a, on an exoplanet, or like a scum swarm that's traveling the solar system. Um, mm-hmm. Scum swarm would be a little fun because that that way you're in. If you're on an exoplanet, you're kind of you know <laughs> stuck there. Yeah. Uh, but a scum swarm travels out there on solar system, and they can still farcast to anywhere there, so you can uh, bounce around. Um, I definitely, yeah, that yeah, uh, that's actually one of the games I definitely want to do for next year is at least some one shots of Eclipse Phase Second Edition because now the rules are out. Yep. And character creation is way better, um, at least in terms of like <laughs> ease for new players. It's not yeah. as good for people who knew the system really well and could min max the shit out of their player characters and would spend hours to, you know, uh, 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 just get every possible opportunity uh, and power. And make a fury that can make nine attacks around and just decimate everything. Yeah, that was nice. But uh, I mean, I understand for the, <laughs> the greater good uh, to sure. uh, make more balanced player characters. Uh, so yeah, we're definitely going to do some Eclipse Phase 2nd Edition. Yeah. 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 Because having it more streamlined is also just better for getting new players into it. Because that's sort of the biggest thing with mm-hmm. getting people to play is yeah. just getting um, over that hurdle yeah <laughs> no joke um so uh i know for me um other games i'm looking forward to playing and running next year would be wrath warhammer 40k wrath and glory i definitely yep. want to do some one shots of that at least maybe a mini campaign of like four episodes or more um i also looking forward to the yellow king rpg finally coming out um mm-hmm. Uh, cause there's a lot of interesting settings for it. Um, and then of course there's new Delta green books coming out in, in the, uh, impossible landscapes up first, uh, and in the labyrinth or the labyrinth, maybe, I don't know what the, the timeline is for that. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and I'm trying to think of what other games that I'm missing. Um, there's so many <laughs> games in so little time. Um, yes bridget are there any other games that we haven't mentioned yet uh that you really oh clearly i need to make everyone play let these mermaids touch your wait 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 no hang on i was gonna say i wanted to get like dive face first into a bunch of avery adler games Mm -hmm. um so i wanted to play monster hearts for a long time so we might play that but definitely like the game that like just came out i want to say it's like last week maybe like a little bit a little bit more than that ago um dream askew mm-hmm. just came out mm-hmm. um really excited to run uh some dream askew games um i'm probably going to do another mini campaign like we did for um dagashi mm-hmm. um i don't i don't quite know how many games i don't remember if dream askew is supposed to be one shots or supposed to be played over multiple settings so um that's going to be fun really excited to play that uh i kind of want to play ribbon drive um because it was one of the uh well it was one of the inspirations for um uh the my visual novel cry but also mm-hmm. it's like kind of along the same kind of thing where it's like telling a story through the road trip genre mm-hmm. uh, i think that's going to be really fun interesting um i yeah dream is um uh a post another post-apocalyptic community-based game about uh, a queer mm-hmm. community that that survived trying to survive after the yeah apocalypse. it's from the belonging outside belonging system which is where you look at like communities in the middle of strife um and so dream askew has some really interesting character creations it's one of the few games that like actually asks you to pick a gender for your character mm. but like it it gives you some options 
for your gender, and all of them are fucking amazing. Uh, like one of them is just gargoyle is a gender option. There's Raven. Um, my absolute favorite is Dagger Daddy, which has such a huge impact on the the community and the people I play with that like uh, one of my friends like prefers to go by that as like a name now. It's really cute. So I'm I'm nice. really excited to um just jump into that. Uh, sure. there's no it doesn't use a lot of like mechanical resolution as far as like dice or cards or anything like that. It's more like one of those uh like we were doing for um as Blossoms Fall where it's just purely narrative things. Like you get to add something to the narrative and you either have to add something with a drawback or have a drawback enforced on your character Mm -hmm. and then by taking on these drawbacks you get to make stronger moves which is where like you just say something like you just get to do something cool you get to do something amazing with no drawbacks so it's Mm kind of like balancing your character's like like flaws with what the the noble ambition that your character has Mm -hmm. Um, so that's going to be interesting and then everybody also plays elements of the community outside of your characters. So mm-hmm. like people, you like play the other people in the settlement. Mm-hmm. You play the weather, I think is one of the the things that you can, you can dictate. Um, and people just shuffle those around and, and it's, it's essentially GM, GM list. I say, I'm going to run this for, for RPPR, but it's, it's literally just cooperative storytelling. Well, um, I mean, cool. by run, you mean explain that. the rules to us. <laughs> yeah, explain the rules and then, like, remind you if you forget something yeah. is basically what I mean by run it. Yeah. That does sound cool. Uh, yeah, it does. Uh, especially, yeah, I, I'm really interested in GM-less games. Um, yeah. Um, I do know that uh, you mentioned Monster Hearts. I do know David um, has run a Monster Hearts game, and he has recorded it. But this is David we're talking about. So th- from what he's told me, there are some dead teenagers in it because this is David. It's an RPPR game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it happens. Yeah, it, it, it does, especially with David. Can't be helped. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, so uh, I don't know if we're going to post that or not. Uh, I'll talk to David. Um, I do. Yeah, he is running. He did run another game. Um, that he, he definitely wants to post uh, masks, the teenage superhero game. Um, mm-hmm. and so uh we're gonna have that but yeah i'm really interested in dream Askew. um it definitely sounds interesting um but uh yeah. yeah uh so we got some great games that we're gonna look for. i'm gonna be looking forward to playing and running um and so yeah t- 2018 at least in terms of tabletop games was <laughs> was good uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we don't have to talk about anything else. We'll just focus on the games for right now. And yeah, it, just on the games and nothing surrounding them. It was a good year. <laughs> yeah, yep, it's and it's weird to say that, but anyway. Um, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.